So make you drop that card off uh, with one of our servant leaders. Make sure you fill it out in its entirety for all of our online guests this morning. Thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor, if you would, all over the sanctuary. Take out your cellular devices, your electronic device. Go ahead, check in on your social media platforms. Let everybody know that you're in the house of the Lord on this morning. Go ahead, like, share, follow, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, be a digital evangelist. Amen. Electronic evangelist on this morning. Again, a big shout out to all of our mothers. Happy Mother's Day to you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get into the word of the Lord on this morning. So many great things are happening at Elevate Church. God is doing some amazing things. And uh, if you don't have a church home, I pray. I'm going to put this on the front end. I pray if you don't have a church home, that God will connect you with Elevate Church today. If there's a gifting on the inside of you, stored deep on the inside of you, we want to help pull that gift out of you. We stand on three things here at Elevate Church. Believe, belong, become. We're a gathering of believers where everybody can feel like they belong so that you can become all that God has created you to be. So believe, belong, become. It is my prayer that you will connect with us today. So throughout this sermon message, I pray the Spirit of God begins to touch and tug on your heart and make that connection today. Amen. I also would ask this morning that you lean into this message. It is a somewhat of a different Mother's Day message, but I want you to lean in intently, tell your neighbor, don't disturb me, put your do not disturb sign up, tell your neighbor, leave me alone, amen. God has to say to me on this morning, amen. So as we get into the word of God, there's a couple of things I want to start off with this morning that my mom taught me. My mom's not in the house, we're getting ready to celebrate her, amen, at her house on today. But my mom taught me a couple of things. My mom taught me religion, amen. My mom taught me religion growing up. She would tell me, she said, if this thing doesn't come out of this carpet, she said, you better pray that it does. My mom taught me religion. You know, she taught me how to pray. My mom taught me logic. Her words were because I said so. That's why. Any moms know what I'm talking about? You know, you ask mama why. She said, because I said so. Right. My mom taught me foresight. She said, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Yeah, that's foresight, you know. Make sure you change underwear. She taught me irony. She said, keep laughing and I'll give you something to cry about. Amen. That's my mama. Amen. I don't know about your mama, but that's my mama taught me stamina. She said, you're going to sit here until all the food is finished off your plate. She taught me about the weather. She said, it looks like a tornado has swept through your room. She taught me the circle of life. She said, I brought you into this world and I can Amen. You sound like you got a mama like mine. Amen. She taught me the circle of life. She taught me behavior modification. She said, act your age and not your. Amen. Y'all grew up in my neighborhood, huh? Amen. And then my mama taught me time travel. She said, you keep doing that and I'm going to slap you clean into next week. Amen. That's that's time travel. That's a black mama, too. You know, she slap you dead into next week. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's grab our Bibles. We're going to jump into the word of God on today. Hallelujah. Grab the gospel of Luke chapter number one, verse number 26. Gospel of Luke chapter number one. 
verse number 26 is where we begin reading. Also grab the book of Psalm, Numbers 127, verse number 3. When you have those two passages of Scripture, do me a favor, stand as I'm standing, as we honor and reverence the reading of God's Word on today. All standing, if you're able, strength in your body, movement in your limbs. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 26 is where we begin. Psalms number 127, we'll begin in that book and then jump over to Luke thereafter. But we make our faith declaration here at Elevate Church. So I would ask that you repeat these words after me. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease. Shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Shout it loud. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Turn to your neighbor and say, Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Your other neighbor, jealous, talk to him. Say, Wealth and riches shall be in your house. I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now say amen. Amen. I want to start off in the book of Psalms. Stay remaining as we read God's word. Psalm number 127. Hallelujah. Verse number three. The word of the Lord declares to us. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Somebody shout children are a gift. I know some of you parents are thinking, man, I wish there was a return policy on my kids. Some of you wish you didn't lose the receipt. But there's no exchange, nor is there a return policy. Children are a gift from the Lord. Hear this too, beloved. The gifts are without repentance. So God is not repenting over the fact that he gave you the child that you have. Oh, I know some of you have spent many nights and days on your knees praying, God, do something about this child. But God will not repent of the fact that he has given you the child that he has given you. You know why? Because he knew what was in you before the child was in you. He knew the fortitude and the strength that you need to raise the child that you're raising. Somebody shout, my child is a gift. Babies are a blessing from God. Satan doesn't give life. Only God gives life. So however, by whatever means that child came into existence, it is God who gives life. Not Satan. Luke chapter number one, verse number 26. The apostle Paul writes this letter to Theophilus. To get the record straight. 
He writes this letter to give an eyewitness account to everything that Theophilus have been taught. Paul says, I write this letter so we can make sure that the record is set and it is set straight. So he gives this account in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter number one. From the life of Luke, he says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. He sends the angel, an angel or a messenger, if you would dig into the text, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. Somebody shout, I'm highly favored. The Lord is with you. Somebody shout, the Lord is with me. You know, there's a difference between people who are for you and people who are with you. Ah, there are some who are just there with you, but the Lord is there also for you. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words, at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this may be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Ah, isn't that like favor? You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, or Emmanuel. He will be great, and will be called the Son of God, or the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? If you're not too sanctimonious, underline that statement. How will this be in your Bible? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Six is the number of man. Biblically, and she's in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. So if God said it, it settles it. If God said it. It's settled. I am the Lord's servant. I'm almost done. Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let me pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You know, some of y'all come from a religious background that you got to have that long prayer. It don't take much. I saw some of y'all leaning in so deeply into that prayer with your hands clutched, white knuckle on back of the seat. Pray, preacher, pray, pray. You done? That's it. As we get into the text on today, on this Mother's Day, we know that babies are a gift from God. So real briefly, I want to talk from the topic I'm about to deliver. Oh, God. I'm about to deliver. Something's about to be birthed out of me. Something 
that is in me that has to come out of me. I'm about to deliver. Mary is encountering an angel, and the angel says to Mary, Mary, uh, you're about to be impregnated. He asks, Mary asks this question, well, how is this going to happen being that I'm a virgin? I know not a man. How is this going to happen? How am I going to have a child being that I know not a man? In this book, the book of Luke, there are two occurrences taking place. One is the occurrence of Zachariah and his wife, Elizabeth, who happens to be a relative of Mary. Zachariah is a priest in the temple. He serves the house of God. His wife is Elizabeth. She is up in age, barren, cannot have children. And the angel of the Lord first goes over to Zechariah in the temple in Luke. Verse number one. And he tells Zechariah, he says, Zechariah, your wife is about to have a child. And Zechariah asks the same question that Mary asked. How is this going to happen? Being that I'm old in age and my wife is old in age, too. Both asking the same question but with two totally different perspectives. Two totally different perspectives. Look in Luke chapter number one, verse number 11. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. The altar of incense, I didn't say this in the first service, the altar of incense is a place of prayer. That every time you pray, you send up an aroma, incense, fragrance unto God. That it's, it's a, a fragrance. When you begin to pray, God's nostrils are aroused. God loves prayer. God loves, I'm going to say that again. God loves prayer. So much so that it's a sweet fragrance unto him. And the altar of incense is a place of prayer. It's a place of intercession. And the angel meets Zechariah at the place of intercession. And as he's standing there at the right side, I'll say this and submit this to you as well. The right side is a place of blessing, of authority, and of power. So he shows up and he meets Zechariah at the place of power and authority and intercession. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. And the angel of the Lord said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Oh, I thank God for mama's prayers. Come on, somebody. I thank God for a praying woman. I thank God that my mama prayed me through some dark days in my life. Oh, y'all quiet. Maybe you don't have a praying mom. I thank God for my mom praying me through some, some wayward days and some some trying days that when I tried my mom, I know you're looking at me now with your judgmental eyes and say, oh, preacher, you look like you've never been through nothing before in your life. You were just a good old two, you know, two shoes. What is it? Two shoes. Goody two shoes. Two shoes. That's it. Amen. Goody two shoes. Amen. But, but, but my mom prayed me through some stuff. But, but here it is. We thank God for praying mothers. But the Bible tells us that Zechariah had his prayers heard, too. And it says that the Lord, don't be afraid, 
because the Lord has heard your prayer. And your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you ought to call him John, speaking of John the Baptist. And he will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He ain't going to get drunk. Turn it up in the club. Amen. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch the text. It says, even before he is born, he's going to have the Holy Ghost before he even is birthed out into the earth realm. And he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? He's phrasing the same question that Mary is phrasing. How is this going to happen? Since I know not a man. Zechariah poses the same question. How is this going to happen? How can I be sure of this? Since I am an old man and my wife is well along in her years. We're both old in our years. How is this going to happen? And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news, and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens. Can I tell you something? When God is giving you instructions, don't say nothing. That when God is trying to speak to you, it is best for you just to be quiet. And because God is now informing him of what is about to take place, Zachariah poses a question in the midst of it. How is this going to happen? How can I be sure that you're going to do this thing? Remember, Mary poses the question just like Zachariah is posing this question. But I'm going to point out to you today from two different totally perspectives, which you're going to get two totally different outcomes. He says, how would this happen? He says, and now you'll be silent and not able to speak until this day happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at this appointed time. At this appointed time. Here's the process. The first step when God comes, there will always be communication. Communication. That when God comes into your life to deliver you into the thing that he has called you into or to pull you out of the thing that he is pulling you out of, God wants to talk to you about the thing that he's calling you to. Are you hearing me? Communication. Communication is a process of two ways. It is talking and listening. But if you begin to talk at the wrong time, then you will miss out on what you need to be listening to. If you interrupt the speaker at the time he is speaking, then you won't get the fullness of what he is trying to communicate to you. Somebody shout communication. So it's a process. It's communication. The angel of the Lord comes to Mary. The angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah. Watch this. To communicate a message. To talk about what God is about to do in their lives. First step is communication. Step number two is confession. But not the kind of confession of you confessing your sins. But confessing of what you are. 
I'm inadequate. I'm unable. I'm incapable to do what you are calling me to do without you. Oh, God. Confession is good for the soul because confession breaks the spirit of pride and egoism off of your life. When you stand before the Lord and say, Lord, if you're calling me to this thing, I can't do this thing without you. God, if you need me to do it, I need you to go with me. Confession is good because it puts you in a place where you say, God, if you don't go, I ain't going. God, if there's a thing to do, God, I need you to be with me while I do it. So it has to be a confession. So we see Zechariah. Zechariah poses the question, how can I be sure this is going to happen? Watch, the answer to Zechariah's question had already been given to him before he even posed the question. How do I know? The text says that the angel told Zechariah, the Lord heard your prayers. (laughs) The Lord has heard your prayers. What do you mean, how am I sure to be happening? Didn't I just tell you God heard you? Why are you going to question if God can do it when I just told you God going to do it because he heard your prayer. But Zechariah was so quick to look at his circumstances and his situation. I'm old Sheol. She barren, can't have kids. My stuff work, her stuff don't. He's looking at the negative, the things surrounding, but yet instead he should have been focusing on God. Oh, but then, you know, there's Mary. Mary, Mary poses the same question. He said, well, Mary questioned God. Watch Mary's question. Mary said, how is this to be so? That I don't know a man. Mary was not questioning if God could do it. Mary was questioning God, how are you going to do it? And however you decide to do it, I'm good with it. In other words, if I'm a virgin, so do you want me to marry Joseph and have a baby? Is that your plan? Do you want me to have another? However you want to do it, God, here I am. Two questions, two different poignant perspectives. Mary had the perspective of God. I don't know how this thing going to happen, but however you want it to happen, let it happen. Let it happen, God. So there has to be a confession. Mary had a confession. This thing is possible, God, but I'm a virgin. So if you're going to do it, do it however you're going to do it. I'm with it, God. Confession. And the the last thing is it's going to be a cost. The thing that you're going to deliver is going to cost you something. Mary had to pay a price. Zachariah had to pay a price. It cost Zachariah, watch this, his occupation. (laughs) Zachariah was a preacher. But the price he had to pay for this deliverance cost him his voice. Y'all, y'all quiet. The thing that God is going to pull out of you is going to be a price you're going to have to pay. What was Mary's price? Mary's price was this. Mary was a virgin about to be impregnant. Watch. By the Holy Ghost. Could you imagine going to your fiance the week before your wedding saying, uh, baby, we need to have a conversation. Uh, I need you to sit down. There's something I want to tell you. Um. 
I'm pregnant. Your expression probably be like John's, uh, Joseph's expression right now. Like, wait, wait, say that again. You pregnant? For who? And when did that happen? Um, well, it's not your baby. Well, I know that. Well, whose baby is it? Um, well, you see, uh, see what happened was uh, I got visited by an angel, and he said I'm gonna have a baby by the Holy Ghost. Could could, could you imagine that conversation? But watch, here's the cost that Mary has to pay. Mary is a virgin in their culture, in their custom, in that time. If a woman got pregnant, impregnated outside of wedlock, she got stoned. Her reputation would be tainted because even if they found out she had sex and she wasn't pregnant, but they found out she was having sex before marriage, it was a disgrace. She's got a cost to pay. Her reputation is at stake. Her integrity is being called to the carpet. Oh, you pregnant by the hope? Really? Sure. Sure. Uh huh. Sure. You're pregnant for the Holy Ghost. Her integrity is at stake. But not only that, her future and her hope and her dreams of being married, having a family is at stake because Joseph could have simply given her a letter of divorce and decree that I don't want to marry you. There's a price to pay. Oh, but Joseph has the price to pay too. Has a price to pay too. He's marrying a woman who is pregnant for another man. He's got to pay a price. He could have simply walked away, but he said, "I'm going to stay." Ah, if we can get some fathers who would just stay. If we can get some fathers who would just stay and watch, take care of the responsibility of being a dad, watch, and not a father. Oh, you know, I said it before. There's a difference between a father and a daddy. A father bursts or gives life to a child, but a daddy maintains and sustains a child. No, I'm not your father, but boy, you better believe I'm your dad. I put a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food in your belly. I'm going to pay for your tuition for I'm your daddy. I wish a child would ever tell me you're not my father. You're absolutely right. I show him your daddy if I'm taking care of you. That's just for the blended families in the house. But there's a cost to pay. Mary has this cost that she has to pay because her reputation's at stake. It's a price to pay. And in order for you to birth out the thing that God is birthing out of you, There's a price tag to it. You won't get through this life until you pay that price. The thing that's in you won't come out of you until you pay that price. I heard Miles Monroe say years ago that the graveyard is the most wealthiest place on the face of the earth. Why? Because the giftings, the talents, the ideas, the creativity died on the inside of an individual. And now the cure for cancer and AIDS 
is now buried in the ground. Why? Because somebody allowed the gift to die within them and not manifest. God wants to manifest the greatness on the inside of you. Can you say amen to that? He wants to manifest the thing that he has placed in you. He wants to pull it out of you. Why? So that the world can now benefit from the gift that's within and watch glorify him. Can you say amen to that? We see in Luke chapter number one, verse number 39, it says at the time Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home. Remember, Elizabeth is Mary's cousin. And as she entered into the home, she greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. There's something so great on the inside of you. When you encounter somebody else with greatness, something's going to happen. There's going to be a leaping in the spirit. That the, the thing that is so great on the inside of you, watch, when you connect with somebody else's greatness, there's going to be a leaping. If you're hanging around people who don't stir up the baby in you, it's time to relocate. Y'all quiet up in here. If you're hanging around people that don't stir up the gift, that doesn't heighten the sense of the gift that God has placed in you, you need to find somewhere else to go. Got to have some people who provoke the gift on the inside of you that would agitate the gift. I was talking to a young lady. I call her young. She is indeed young. And she said when she comes into the building, Elevate Church, her gifts are heightened. Her gifts are heightened. Just coming into the building. Why? Because when greatness connect with greatness, there's an agitation. There's a, there's a manifestation and a magnification of the glory of God. God wants you to connect with people that would influence the gift on your life. Hallelujah. And the baby, watch, she leaped in, he leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, watch, was filled with the Holy Spirit. What was in also filled within. Y'all missed that. The baby that was in her was filled with the Holy Spirit before birth. And now when the Spirit of God connects us with the Spirit of man, what was in her, God also filled her as well. So she is now filled with the hope. Can I say it this way? There are some people who you will connect with that what's in you will jump off on them. That's why you got to be careful who you hang out with. Ah, Because what's in them may jump off on you. And what they full of, you may become full. Somebody shall fill me up, Lord. And the baby began to leap in Elizabeth's womb. And watch, then Elizabeth got filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child whom you will bear. Watch, many won't recognize your gift until it manifests. Don't, don't be moved by people who don't recognize the gift that's on your life. Everybody won't recognize it until it manifests. Well, you know, I'm a prophet. You know, I'm an evangelist. I'm a pastor. Don't be moved because people don't recognize your gift. 
Don't be bothered when people don't see the gift that's on the inside of you. Because the gift, watch this, is not for you anyway. So why are you trying to claim it? The gift that God has given you is not for you. It's for the people around you. So why are you trying to hold claim to something that don't belong to you? They won't recognize the gift until it manifests. And watch. I don't have to proclaim my gift. My gift proclaims me. Oh, uh, God. I don't have to come in and say, well, I'm Dr. Apostle Keith Reshore. My gift speaks for itself. I don't have to come and say I'm the prophet so-and-so. My gift speaks for itself. I don't have to say I'm evangelist XYZ. My gift speaks for me. And if I have to introduce my gift to you, then it's a bother to the kingdom of God because God ain't big into titles know-how. Amen. So if I got to tell you who I am, then I really don't know who I am. So maybe I'm not trying to convince you. Maybe I'm trying to convince mine. So don't be moved when people don't recognize your gift. Don't acknowledge your gift. Because in a pointed season, God will manifest that gift to the point where now it'll make room for you. Can I tell you something? When the gift makes room, don't let your head swell up to take up the space that it's made room for. Y'all quiet up in here. You know what I'm talking about. You got those people who finally walk in their gift and now they. And they got their entourage. And you call them uh, Keith. No, it is Apostle Keith. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know, your gift made room and space for you. Now your head has consumed the space. And God has made room for you to walk in, but you don't walk the whole room. You know, you don't sit down to everybody acknowledge you. Y'all ain't never been there before. You don't walk the whole room so everybody can say, hey, doctor. Hey, Bishop, hey. Yeah. Everybody won't recognize your gift. Watch, there are three main points. Some gifts are birthed without aid. There are some women who can have children and they don't need no assistance. Babies just pop out, bloop. Some of y'all women are like, well, I wish that was me. <laughs> some gifts that God gives, you don't need no aid. It just manifests. The gift that was on Jesus' life, he had to do nothing. The gift was just in operation. Some gifts come without aid. Some of you are going to wake up in the morning and the gift of prophecy is going to begin to flow in your life. The gift is going to be in operation. You can do nothing. You, you're not even asking for it. I didn't ask to be a pastor. The gift just started operating. Some gifts come without aid. But then there are some gifts that takes assistance to be birthed. You know, like epidural. You know, women, when y'all birthing kids, you know, you got to get that little shot. Amen. Lady T ain't going to like it, but she was talking about elephants and pigs with wings. She said it ain't so, but how she knows? She was on epidural. Amen. She's still denying it to this day. I see pigs with wings. (laughs) Amen. But, But some gifts require assistance. 
Now, what am I saying to you today? There are some things God is going to do in your life you're going to need some assistance with. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's good. Uh, I'm an evangelist. You need to be trained as an evangelist. I'm a prophet. I need to be trained as a prophet. I'm a pastor. I need to be trained as a pastor. I'm a bishop. Whatever it is, there's a gift that God has placed in your life. You're going to need some assistance. Somebody shout, help me. The first thing a person does, they get the calling of God and they flee. Oh, I'm called to be a pastor. Well, who trains you? Nobody. And now you got a billboard, a sign, and a building. And don't know the first thing about pastoring. You know how to preach, but you don't know how to pastor. Can I say that? Because there are a lot of good preachers out there. And some horrible pastors. And God never called a, a preacher. He said, I'm going to give you pastors after my own heart. Oh, God. And so there's some good preachers that have preached the paint off the wall, but they are horrible pastors. That's why they got large entourages around them. They love to preach, but they hate people. That's why they flee the pulpit quickly, because they really don't want to be around people, but they just really want to preach. Because pastoring is totally different from preaching. Pastoring means I care for the people. Give me a good pastor any day over a good preacher. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I done offended somebody just now. I felt it in the spirit. There's a tomato throwing spirit in the house. But, but, but watch. Some gifts require assistance. But all of gifts for them to manifest require pressure. Pressure. To get out of you what God has placed in you, it requires pressure. Some of you are into some stuff right now that you would not be into unless there was pressure applied. And it's on both sides, negative and positive. Some of you found yourself in negative situations. Why? Because of pressure. But then there's some other situation that pressured you to birth the gifting you that you didn't even know you had. You're doing hair now. You're sewing clothes now. You're making outfits. You're cooking meals. And you didn't know you had that gift until pressure was applied. Writing songs and books and lyrics. Why? Because of pressure. When a baby is born, the doctor tells them now it's going to be some pressure. So I need you to pressure. I need to apply some pressure on you. Why? Because what I put in you, I got to get out you. So I got to apply some pressure to get it out you. Some of you right now in the pressure cooker and you're wondering, God, why am I in this situation? I'm applying pressure because there's greatness on the inside of you and I need you to deliver. So I'm applying pressure until it's birth. I'm applying pressure. Some require pressure. All require pressure, shall I say. Every gift that God has placed in you is going to require pressure in order for it to come out. Somebody shall apply the pressure. See, the Hebrew boys, when they were in the furnace, the fiery furnace, they turned the furnace up seven times hotter than it normally was. You know what it was? It was pressure. It was pressure. Because what God was trying to get out of them was something far greater. He was trying to get something far greater out of them. But watch, the gift that was on the inside of them 
was not for them. It was for those around them. And God had to apply pressure so that those around them can see the gift in manifestation. Watch, when they got in the fire and the pressure, it'll mess your head up. The Bible says that when they were cast into the fire, that the king rose. And when he rose, he saw that there was a fourth in the fire, likened unto the Son of God. Now watch, they come out of this pressure cooker unscathed. Not a hair of fire singed on their heads. Not even smelling like smoke. And because of this great gift of faith, because they make this declaration, O king, if you cast us into the fire, the God we serve will deliver us. And even if we cast into the fire, he don't, oh well, we still won't serve your God. They had a great gift of faith on the inside of them. And because the king saw this act of faith, the Bible says the king looked and saw a fourth in the fire, likened unto the son of God. He makes a decree and a declaration that nobody in the land should ever talk about their God. That nobody will ever shall ever come against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's time to deliver, saints. God has deposited something on the inside of you. And you're in the fire right now because it's delivery time. It's delivery time. Elizabeth was in her sixth month, the number of men. But I think it takes nine months to deliver a baby. The number nine biblically is the number of process. There's a process to your delivery date. And I believe today is the day for delivery. God wants to get something great out of you today. But it starts with you communicating with God, with you confessing, and you be willing to pay a price. Would you bow your heads with me today? something great on the inside of you. There's something great on the inside of you. There's something great on the inside of you. There's something great on the inside of you. Something great. Something great. I believe today is that day of delivery. But it starts with communication with God. If you would, at this moment in your seats, you don't have to say it audibly, out loud. But in your spirit, just ask for a conversation, God. God, talk to me right now. Communicate with God. God, show me me. Show me the area you want to touch, transform, and change. Show me me, God. Show me the things that I'm holding on to that I shouldn't be holding on to. Show me the things I should let go that I don't want to let go. Show me me, God, the ugly parts of me. Show me me, God. I mean, you already know it, but I need you to show me, God, so, God, I can 
lay it down at your feet. Show me, God, me. And then once, once God shows you, you, confess, God, I can't do this without you. I can't change without you. I can't stop without you, God. I can't go without you. God, I need you in this moment, God. God, God, God I need you to, to do the thing that I can't do. The thing that I desire to do is to be closer to you, but I can't even draw closer to you, God, without you. But none come unless the Spirit of God draws them. God, I can't even come near unless you're calling me. Confess. Confess. Lastly, pay that price. God, I put my pride to the side, my ego down, God. I, I'm willing to pay the price, God. For if I honor you before men, you'll honor me before the Father. But if I deny you before men, you deny me before the Father. So I'm willing to pay the price of my pride and my ego, God. And if it means that I have to stand before a great crowd of witnesses, God, to confess you as my Lord and say, but then by golly, God, I'll do it. What price do you have to pay this morning? What price? So he can birth out of you the thing he has placed in you. I'm going to pray after which I want you to make a decision today. This is your birthing moment. And it begins right now. Father, now in the name of Jesus. For everyone at the sound of my voice in this sanctuary or even digitally, virtually online today. I pray, God, that you're visiting them in their moment. Their now moment. You're talking and speaking with them. You're pointing out and showing them. Mary asked the question, God, how will this happen? Not, God, how do you want it to happen? But, God, how is it going to happen? How do you want it to happen? I pray today, God, that this question will fall upon the hearts and the hearers of the people today. God, how do you want this done today? I'm just here open to whatever way you want to do it, God. However you want to fix my life, God, fix it. However you want to shift my life, change my life, God, do it. Do it now. Father, I pray you're doing it now for each and every one at the sound of my voice. In Jesus' mighty name, I do pray. If you're here today in the pardon of your sins, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now is the moment. If you would, just simply slip your hand into the air. That's you today. That's you today. Backslidden. You've done some things wrong, but you want to get it right today. Today is your day. If that's you, just slip your hand in there. Thank you. I see you, ma'am. I believe there's others today that will make a decision today and say, listen, it's me. I done messed up time and time again, but today I'm getting it right. If that's you, slip your hand in the air. Thank you, Father. I see you. Any others today? I see you. Any others today? Any others today? Today is the day. Father, we bless you. We thank you. For those of you online today, my appeal is to you as well. Today is the day for you to get your life right with the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All standing, if you would. For those of you lifting your hand, keep your hand lifted. There's a white cord coming around to be placed in your hand. If you're standing in need of prayer on this morning, we have intercessors. We have another one over here. We have intercessors here to pray with you on today. Standing in need of prayer. If you're in need of prayer, would you come? We would ask that you adorn your mask. Come down if you're standing in need of prayer. We'll have our intercessors pray with you. You can come now. 
any other standing in need of prayer. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. To one of our intercessors on today, hallelujah. Can we get some more intercessors up here? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you the glory. God, we give you the praise. If you're here today and you don't have a church home and you felt the Spirit of God, I put it on the front end today. And you want to connect with Elevate Church, if that's you today, you don't have a church home. Hallelujah. You would say the Spirit of the Lord is connecting me with Elevate Church today. If that's you today, would you lift your hand? We want to welcome you into the family of faith. If that's you, you don't have a church home. And God is connecting you with Elevate Church today. If that's you, lift your hand. Amen. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we give you glory. And God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we bless you. And God, we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, clap your hands and give God some praise. Amen. While they're praying for these at the altar, we're going to leave the altars open until, amen, everyone has been prayed for. Amen. At the end of this service, we're doing a balloon release for all of the mothers that have transitioned in life. So if you have a mother that has transitioned we're doing a memorial balloon release in the parking lot today amen at the at the end of this service so i'm going to pray us out amen after which amen we will assemble in the parking lot for a balloon releasing amen for our mothers again happy mother's day we do have flowers for the mothers and we have gift bags or trinkets for you guys or something of that nature that you can receive on the way out of service on today. Were you blessed by the word of the Lord today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. For our first time, second time, even third time guests, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you at the end of service in the foyer. Let us pray, Father, now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the great gift that you have deposited on the inside of these, your people. I pray, God, that you will manifest that gift, even the greater, God, that the pressure, God, produce, Lord, a purpose in their lives. And Father, I pray now, God, as you begin to cover them and to overshadow them, thank you for a hedge of protection around them. Thank you for the glory of God encamped around them. I thank you that the kingdom of God comes and that your will be done. Touch, Lord God. Touch the earth with your anointed. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. God keep you. We love you. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.